Blog Talk Radio. contract that can't win the big game. Zeke, not a factor. Defense looking holier than 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 underwear I used to wear to school at 10 years old. Yeah, some holy draws back then. It's over, right? One and two, the Cowboys are done. It's me, Commissioner T, the Madden voice. I, I you know, I put the day off. Not, not this day was already planned to be taken off, by the way. I didn't take the day off because the Cowboys lost. I mean, that may happen like Super Bowl time or playoffs. I might need a, a, a day off if the Cowboys lose a game they should have won, you know, during that time or, or late in the season if they need to get a win to get in the playoffs and they're playing a lowly team and lose, you know. But it's early. I don't need a day off to recover from this. But I already had to date plan to be taken off. Just needed a mental health day away from work, you know, you got, yeah, you have that stuff going on and you just, you know what? I don't want to go to work Monday. I want to go to work Tuesday. So I do like my job, but I needed a day off. So today I'm off. I'm going to watch football coverage, play some video games, eat some leftover Sunday food, you know, and, and just chill out, talk to my sweetheart, you know, and just chill out. That's what I'm going to do today. Um, but I, I'm, I'm lying down. And I was like, you know, I need to have a show. My my fellas are always welcome to join me, but Train's on the West Coast, so I know he ain't coming. And uh, K-Star and JB are probably both either at work or getting ready for work, so I doubt we'll hear from them. Um, but it was an impromptu decision to do a show because this is what happens. We overreact. We underreact. We put nails in coffins early. We look at statistics, and statistics say this, so that means that. And, you know, and, and particularly in Cowboy Nation, there's a rush to judgment. There's a, there's a rush to react. So I decided to come in and, and, and for once, instead of JB, I'm going to play the voice of reason. Now, let's, don't get it twisted. I ain't happy. <laughs> okay, I'm not happy overall of what I'm seeing from the Cowboys after three games. I'm not happy at all. Uh, I'm less happy about the news I heard about Donald Trump's tax returns, but I'm going to touch on that as we end the show because we're not doing a show tomorrow night because I want everyone – I don't want to compete with the debate. And, and particularly, I don't want to be on a show while the debate's on. I don't want my guys to have to – you know what I mean? Like, that, the debate's important. So I want – you know, no show tomorrow night. Um, but I'm going to touch a little bit on Trump just before I sign off at the end of the show. We have a couple comments I want to throw out there, you know, a couple brief ones. But – you know, I've watched all three games, and I've watched other teams, and, you know, we, we, we have to remember that training camp was short because we didn't even know if we were going to have NFL with COVID running rampant. You know, if you remember when baseball started and they had to cancel games because people were testing positive like crazy, and it put a damper on whether or not, um, you know, we could have a basketball or a, or a football season – Basketball really did it right. They created the bubble. Um, actually, I think basketball might have already done underway. I'm not sure. But I know basketball was in doubt, but they did the bubble, and I think one person might have tested positive, and that was it. Um, so they, they did it right. Uh, baseball had issues. They seem to have gotten it kind of under control. Um, football so far after three weeks, they've done a good job. 
to keep the fans out, to keep the concessions out. Um, even Dallas had 27,000 fans last their, their home opener. Um, and, and so, you know, but, but that, that stadium holds over a hundred thousand. I've been there. So 27,000 is like nothing. It's like, nothing, you know, so I think so far so good. You know, COVID is here. Um, until there's a vaccine or something to deal with it, it's part of our lives and we've just got to be safe and we've got to be smart. We, we, that's, you know, that all of us, every last one of us, because it doesn't care. It, it's, it's, it is not racist. It's not sexist. It's not monogenous. It's, it's, it's a virus that will attack you and kill you. That's what COVID-19 will do, attack you and kill you. And so your best defense is a good defense. <laughs> and that's stay home, wash your hands, um, you know, and if you got to go out, social distance and wear your mask. But really, even now, despite what certain people are saying, stay home unless you really have to go out. And then the people you have come over, make sure the people you trust that you know are like I've had, I've had um, two people in my house, in my house in six months, three people, my girlfriend, who I trust, you know, completely. My ex-wife who was in and out, just had to get something that for, for, for our kids. I trust her as well. She's not going to do anything stupid, but again, she was in and out. And it was like she came in, grabbed what she needed to grab, waved. <laughs> I waved, and she jetted. And my daughter, my youngest daughter, who might arguably be the smartest person on the planet. Damn, she's smart. She's been home doing the right thing. That's it. That's all that's been in my house since March. I'm trying to be safe. COVID has changed everything. So, so NFL is different because everything is different. We had an abbreviated training camp. We had no preseason. We had players opt out because either, you know, they, they felt they might be high risk or someone in their family was high risk. Some had new babies and said, I, I'm not going to risk bringing this home to my child. So I'm not playing this year. So this is not going to be a normal season, and it is not. So we have to keep that in mind. As my dad, Arthur Floyd, greatest man I ever knew, passed away six years ago, as he would say, you have to keep things in perspective, Terry. And he's right. You got to keep this in perspective. You have to remember that this, season, this month, September, for all intents and purposes, is your preseason. It's the time to work out the kinks and, and, and to get the teams kind of rolling. Look at all the injuries we've had. I mean, there's always injuries. But there's even more because they're not in, they're not in midseason condition. So the, the soft tissue injury, you know, I've, I've seen guys just look at Jamal Adams yesterday. You're going to tell me he's not in shape? Turn one way, groin pull. Oh, he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Groin's nothing to mess with. I saw him gimping on the sideline. Superstar. He'll be out. McCaffrey, out. Saquon, out. Michael Thomas, out. You know, not for the whole season, but some of these guys, you know, superstars. Tyron Smith, out two weeks in a row. We can go on and on. The list continues. There's many, 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 many players. I'd say more than normal. I would love to see a stat that would back my belief. I don't have it, but I would love to see a stat that would back my belief that we have more injuries at this time after three weeks. Well, we got one more game tonight, but after three weeks than we've had in recent years. It's just a feeling. I've got no hard evidence. My point is, take a deep breath. My brother that plays a game with me, his game name is Cobra. I won't give you his government name unless he gives me permission. But Cobra, I don't know if he's listening to what up, Cobra, but my, my brother was saying his team, he's still a fan of 3-0. He goes, yeah, but they're kind of sloppy. I said, don't. You're 3-0. and <laughs> Everybody's sloppy. You're 3-0. and This is the time you get those wins. You bank those wins. You get them now because later in the year, as teams get into their stride and the games get tougher and tougher and people are clawing and scratching and fighting, the wins are going to be even harder than they are now. They're hard now. They're going to get even harder. And the teams that start off 2-1, and 3-0, and 4-0, and 3-1, and down the road, they've got a little cushion. Steelers, Bears, 
yeah, I know they quarterback change. It is what it is. <laughs> I, I kind of wish I could. You know, I might call Train off offline and get his thoughts on that because he was definitely in Trubisky's corner. Um, I got to not go with golf as my fantasy starter, but but I digress. Um, so on that level, teams that are zero and three and one and two need to worry. No, I don't want to hear statistics though. I don't want to hear teams that start off zero and three have a six percent chance of making the playoffs. Teams that start off one and two have a fourteen percent. I don't care. I don't care. Zero and two teams hardly ever make the playoffs, right? Except for in you know was it ninety three. When Emmett's or 94, I think 93. When Emmett held out, Dallas started off 0 and 2, and then he came back and they ran, went 12 and 2, number one seed and won the Super Bowl. It had no. These guys aren't playing, thinking, uh, you know, there's only an 8 percent chance we're going to make the playoffs, so we might as well quit. No one cares, but that's what they have to do on TV and on radio, and they've got to give you the statistics. I don't care. What I care about is how well are my Cowboys playing and how far are they from being the team that we as fans have been wanting to see for years? We got glimpses of it. Um, Dak's rookie year, but you know, he was still young. He wasn't throwing the ball deep that year. I still feel and felt that had Romo been the quarterback and been healthy, the team would have went to a Super Bowl. They have won. I don't remember who went and I don't, I can't, but they would have definitely, I thought, um, beat the Packers with Romo, went to the Super Bowl, maybe won, maybe didn't. I don't know. Who, I don't remember. Probably Patriots. So. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a good season. They came back two years later, had another good season. They've had a couple of off seasons. This is the year to have a good season, right? On, off, on one, off one, on one, off one. This is the on year, right? That's playing for the big contract. You've got guys like Zeke and uh, Tyron Smith and Amari Cooper that have all gotten big contracts. We've got free agents like Everson, Everson Griffin and uh, who else they bring in? I can't remember. Now. I don't have, I, don't, I made no notes for this. I'm going off the top of my head. You know, free agents that they brought in that, you know, you, you kind of want to see how they're going to play. You got that rookie CD lamb, you know, a lot going on. And the team's one and two. Cowboy Nation is not happy because Dallas Cowboy fans want to win now. They don't want to win later. They want to win now. And I get it. You know, people on TV will be very quick to remind Cowboy Nation that you haven't won a Super Bowl in 25, 26 years, right? Actually, I think it's 25. I think we won the 95 Super Bowl that went into the 96 season. So it would have been played in 96. It was the 95 season. That was our last Super Bowl win and appearance. And people will be quick to remind Cowboy Nation that they'll say we haven't been relevant in 25 years. That's not true. But we haven't been to or won a Super Bowl, not even a conference championship in 25 years. So Cowboy fans are hungry. The league is hungry because when the Cowboys do well, the league does well, right? Some of the most popular games every year are Dallas Cowboy football games. Go check the stats. The only other team that can even compete with that are the Patriots. And I don't know now that Brady's gone. I don't know if that's even still the case. Although Fox 61 in Connecticut decided to show the Bucks and the Broncos game and not the Cowboys and the Seahawks. They don't show America's game in a week. They show the Bucks. Who gives a flying flark about the Bucks and the Broncos here? Oh, because Tom Brady's playing for the Bucks now? You think New England cares about Tom Brady now? Other than other than this girl that I'm in love with, <laughs> other than her, she still likes Tom Brady. <sighs> Anywho, the sky is not falling. The season is young. The mistakes are fixable, and we are playing for whatever good or bad it is in a in a division that sucks. You seen them Eagles, the team that so many people thought were going to win the division, o two and one. Not playing good football at all. Giants, they lost Saquon. He was their only shining light. They look terrible. The Washington football team, the only win they have is against another team that ain't playing good, the Eagles. So, come on now. Are we that concerned that we can't at least be competitive in our own division as we have been every year? 
And all you got to do is win the division and you're in the playoffs. So slow down with the, you know, the sky is falling rhetoric. Yes, it's a weak division. I agree. I admit it. Yes. Two wins and, what, eight losses? Yep, got it. The division sucks. Oh, well, we didn't create the division. It is what it is. I, I, I can only be accountable for my love for my Cowboys. I cannot be accountable for the poor play of the other three teams in my division. Not my responsibility. Don't bring it up and throw it in my face or any other Cowboys fan's face. We got nothing to do with the – I know, I keep saying the Redskins. The Washington football team, the Eagles, or the Giants. They ain't got nothing to do with us. We can only talk about what our team does or doesn't do. And if we, get into the, if we win the division at 6-10, and 7-9, you know what? It counts just the same as Seattle or someone winning their division at 13-3. and three. It's the same division title, and it gets you in the tournament. And once you're in the tournament, you have a chance to win it all. You know when you don't have a chance? When January, the first weekend in January comes around and the wild card round plays, and you're sitting home, not because you got to buy, because your team is done, you've cleaned out your locker, and you're on your way to, you know, Dominican Republic for vacation. That's when you don't have a chance. So people need to slow down and, and say, well, you know, it's, it's over. Oh, my God, I can't believe this team. Now, let's talk about the team now. Let's get specific. Let's talk about the team. First game was 20-17 to 17 against the Rams. Rams are 2-1. and one playing decent football, um, pass interference call late in the game. I mean, forget about everything else. Late in the game, they complete a long bomb to Michael Gallup, who is, they better pay that man or he's gone. That dude is because, I mean, I'll talk about that in a minute, but complete the pass to Michael Gallup. They call offensive pass interference. Questionable call. People say by the letter of the law, it is. it, it was a penalty. That's what I've heard from officials, but it's not one that would have been called because there was a lot of hand-checking. It wasn't that blatant that it should have been called. If that doesn't get called, Cowboys have a chance to score um, a touchdown win that game. But it it got called. They lost. Okay. Three-point game to a team that's 2-1 right now. Beat the Falcons in an improbable, you know, less than 1% chance to come back and win. Falcons blew a game that 440 teams have been in the same position, 39 points, three, three, um, I'm sorry, 39 points, no turnovers, and nobody in the history of the NFL had lost until the Falcons came. So, okay, so let's flip-flop those two games, and let's just say Dallas should have won against the Rams and they should have lost against the Falcons. They're still sitting at one and one. And it comes to yesterday's game. They lost to an undefeated Seattle team that's traditionally a solid team, well-coached, Russell Wilson playing out of his mind, but, you know, to me, he's doing what he always does. Very underrated quarterback in this league. I'll, I'll be the first one to say I, I don't give him the credit he deserves. I don't. Um, but he's that good, and, and, it, and it showed yesterday. And, I've, and I have said this. When Dak looks at, you know, who is his comparable, that's his guy. That's the one he needs to look at. They play very similar games. I think Russell probably puts the ball and runs the ball a tad more than Dak, but very similar games. And Dak is not Russell. Dak is playing very well, by the way. He ain't far off, but he ain't Russell just yet. But that's the guy he needs to be looking at and saying, that's who I want to be like. That's the guy I want to be consistent and perform like. Okay. And every time they match up, I always say, okay, Dak, there's your teacher. What you got for him? And he fell short yesterday. They lose by one touchdown. Now, can we, can we talk about this loss for a minute? And, again, I have no notes. I'm going off of memory. These guys that do this on TV, they got all the notes and stuff. I'm going off of memory here. But talk about the four times that I can recall that either Lockett or Metcalf was wide open in the secondary. Wide open. Can, can, do you think – that that's the way that's going to be for the rest of the season? Or is it possible that Dallas will either bring in somebody hmm, or improve their scheme? Because in the second half, after their first touchdown, the Seattle went 20, about 24 minutes, didn't score a point. Scored right away after that turnover, and they didn't score a point again until late in the fourth quarter. 
And if you watch, the secondary was playing much better. Okay? So do we really think that it's going to be that way for the rest of the season? Or is it possible that Dallas adjusts this game accordingly or maybe brings in some help? Maybe brings in a guy out there who's um, a ball hawk. Maybe brings in a guy out there who's a Hall of Famer and doesn't have a team right now. Maybe brings in a guy out there who wants to play for Dallas Cowboys. Maybe they bring him in. You can't do any worse than what we've seen. I, I don't get what the problem is. I know I said last week if they didn't bring him in for Seattle, they're not going to bring him in. Well, after this game, who knows? Anything's possible. Could Jerry Jones be on the phone as we speak with Earl Thomas's agent saying, let's talk for a Sue meeting with uh, me, Mike McCarthy, Will McClay, and you and, and Earl Thomas. Let's have a conversation. Let's see where his head is at. We're not bringing in any problems here, although Jerry's been known to do that. But, you know, let's talk. Could that be happening as we speak? Stay tuned. I don't know. I have no reason to believe that it is. It would make me very happy if it did happen. It would make me very happy if Dallas actually decided to go ahead and bring him in. But if they don't, do we think that this is going to stay this big of a problem where it doesn't happen once or twice? Every team it happens. Somebody slips, whatever. But I, I recall four times. And that's not even including D.J. Metcalf, who, <laughs> you know, I guess he didn't see the Super Bowl with uh, Leon Lett and, and Don Beebe. Uh, Google it. Google it. You'll see what I'm talking about. I guess he didn't see that one. Um, that one didn't count that one where he was just wide open. He was back there hanging out, chilling, you know, sitting there waiting on the bus. He's like, I guess he ain't going to throw me the ball. I'll, I'll just grab the bus and then get on out of here. Oh, the ball's coming. Never mind. I'll let the bus go. You know, I'll just go ahead and catch this ball. It's going to be here in a minute. I'll catch it because I see it up there. You know, because no one was around him. I thank God Trayvon Diggs didn't quit on the uh, play and, you know, worked out for Dallas in the end. But you can't believe that it's going to stay that way. Mike Nolan, who, if you recall, Cowboy fans, was the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers when Tom Landry passed away. And Mike Nolan looked up to Tom Landry, who, by the way, was a defensive genius. I mean, he was just a genius, football genius anyway. But he was a defensive genius. Created the flex defense and all of that stuff that was legendary. Can't work in today's NFL. It's too different. But back then, Randy White and them boys. Woo! But when Tom Landry passed away, the next Sunday, um, Mike Nolan went to the sideline in a suit and a fedora to honor Tom Landry. Head coach of the 49ers. Yeah, the same 49ers that beat the Cowboys repeatedly in the 80s when Tom Landry was head coach. And still did that. A hero of his, an NFL icon. I never forgot that. Now he's, now he's coaching our defense. Do we think he's going to let this stand? Do we think he, this is just, you know? And remember, Awuzie was out. Anthony Brown, out. For whatever you want to say, those are two starters. Anthony Brown more in the nickel, but, you know, when they go to the nickel, Anthony Brown's there, and Awuzie started. Out. Worley, whoever the heck he is, I don't see much there. Jordan Lewis, who I didn't realize was still on the team because his number changed. Yeah, guys, he was 27. I guess he must have gave his number to Diggs. Maybe that's been Diggs' number his whole life. Now Diggs is 27. Jordan Lewis still with the thought he was gone. 26 now. Okay. Diggs is going to be okay. I can see it. Yes, he was burnt. Yes, he, he's taking rookie lessons right now because there was very little training camp and there were no preseason games for him to learn these fundamentals, these basics. But I promise you, he's going to get his before the season's over. But Dallas, you need to give this man some help. You need to do something that gives this man some help. I believe they will. I don't believe they're going to sit back and keep allowing 39 points two weeks ago. See that happening. When we're looking at why, because injured people heal, and there are players out there that you can go and grab that can help you immediately. And I believe the scheme, because remember, new coaches all the way around, except on the offensive side of the ball, which happens for the most part to be the shining part of the team. Special teams, 
sucks. Defense sucks. Oh, yeah, they've got John Fossil, former Giant coach. They got his son coaching special teams. His reputation is he's one of the best special teams coaches in the NFL. And after three weeks, I don't see it. Now, I'm not saying we won't see it. I'm saying, actually, I think we will. I think we will see it. Is Tony Pollard going to slip and, you know, make that bad judgment and slip and fall and the ball is going to be at the one? Is that going to happen again this season? I don't think so. Now, I want to say Vanderjack because Zwerline makes me think of Vanderjack. We got (coughs) Mike Vanderjack late in his career after he had a nice career with the Colts and came over to the Cowboys, and he never quite got it going. Similar situation, you know, Hall of Fame level kicker with the Colts, and then he comes over to Dallas, and he never quite got it going. And I'm just wondering if Zerline's going to be – because you look at his kicks, and maybe that's just how he kicks. But they're all knuckleballers. They all like sway to like they're going to the left and then they, they go and many of them go down the middle, but they just I, I get an uneasy feeling about them. They're not, you know, like some of the kickers we've had in the past, you know, Nick Foles when he was really, really good and you know we we've had kickers that were just incredible. Dan Bailey when he was really, really good, and they would just kick the ball down the middle, down the middle, down the middle, down the middle. This guy, he got that knuckleball thing, and he missed an extra point, and then one got blocked, right? You know, special teams isn't playing well. Decisions to run back and not run back, you know, you get the ball at the 25. If you don't think you can get to the 25, don't return it. It's really that simple. So, but I think Fossil, special teams will improve. He's only gotten three games with these guys. I think with the defense, we will see improvements. Did you see Alden Smith? Did I not tell you that Alden Smith was going to be the truth? Did you see his three sacks yesterday? The truth. Jalen Smith all over that field. Demarcus Lawrence finally made an impact. I don't know what the box score says, but I saw number 90 creating trouble, creating havoc. Pause for a second. Um, blessings to Joe Montana and his family. Thank God that they were able to stop um, whoever the young lady was that was trying to kidnap their grandchildren. And I guess the wife, uh, Jennifer Montana, got into a you know struggle with the woman and got the baby back. And the, ba- the, the lady that was trying to kidnap her took off and the cops arrested her. But you hear these stories all the time that could have gone so much worse. Um, people get, dying and all of that. Nobody died. Everybody's safe. Um, and, and good, and so blessings to Joe Montana, another NFL icon, um, and his family. Okay, enough about that. Even with the injuries, Dallas has the talent. They just got to get it together. Now let's talk about the offense for a minute. Yeah, the offense scored, you know, 40 points last week, 31 points this week. Um, you know, Dak made one really bad pass that was picked off, but for the most part, Dak is looking good. I, I wish he would pick it up and run it a little bit more, but um, he's looking good. Other positives. Unlike Coach Garrett, who a few years back against the Falcons when Tyron Smith was out and they had, um, I can't remember his name, um, but that dude Adrian from the Falcons was had uh, sacked, sacked Dak, say that ten times fast, six times in that game. And whoever the left tackle was, they tried to give him a little bit of help, but they didn't bench him. They just they rolled with it, and the Cowboys lost. I saw yesterday that that rookie or second-year player, whatever he is, Brandon Steele, I think his name is, or Brandon uh, – uh, uh, no, Terrence Steele, the right tackle, was benched. Zach Martin, all-pro guard, was moved to right tackle. Now, he's an all-pro guard. They moved him to right tackle. Joe Looney, who had been out for a few plays with an ankle and, and um, is the starting center, was the backup center under Frederick, who retired. Now he's the starting center. But his natural position is guard. He learned to become center when Frederick was out and they needed another – Frederick missed the season, and they needed a backup. Looney 
Loon. I think he might have been like played center in college or something or high school, but he was natural positions guard. So Looney went back to guard, his natural position, and they brought in, uh, what's his name, Badziak, Badziak? I'm not good with these names. Until, until you've done something a few times, and they, I, I'm not good with the names. But the rookie from Wisconsin came to the same school Tyler Frederick came from, uh, given the Best Center of the Year award uh, last year in uh, college, and they brought him in for a few plays. When Looney went out, Looney came back in. They moved Looney to guard. They left. The, the rookie in. And from all accounts, the rookie played well. So why do I say that? Because the good news is this coach said, I'm not going to settle for this bullshit. I'm making changes right now. And this isn't a change you make because you didn't think about it. This is a change you made because you had a plan that said, if these tackles don't get it together, what am I going to do? You talked to um. Uh, God. To Zach Martin, you had Zach Martin. You know, you you made sure he was prepared because generally, an offensive lineman, they generally know the whole what the whole line does. So Martin was prepared to go and play right tackle. Looney was a guard anyway before they moved him to center. So that was an easy for him. And then the other guy, hey, that's what he played. He's he's a center. He's just a rookie. But by all accounts, he he should be a good one. So kudos to McCarthy and the offensive staff for that change because it certainly gave Dak a little bit more time than he was getting, and it did help things. So positive. Another positive, Michael Gallup playing well. The wide receivers are all playing well. Dalton Schultz playing well. Schultz was never bad. Jarwin was just better. But Schultz was never bad. There was, never, there was nothing wrong with Schultz. He could start probably half the league teams in this league. And we've seen him playing well. Now, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott because he got a bad rap. Um, Zeke did nothing wrong yesterday. Okay, let me repeat myself. Ezekiel Elliott did nothing wrong yesterday. Offensive play calling, play calling at times, was atrocious. How many screens are you going to try to run? We know Zeke is a beast at screens. Guess who else knew that? Seahawks. Seahawks said, we are not going to let Ezekiel Elliott beat us. Not going to happen. Remember my three tips? What were my three tips? You guys remember? My three tips were run the ball, win a turnover battle, make Wilson uncomfortable in the pocket. Those are my three keys to winning. They did one. Wilson was uncomfortable in the pocket. Zeke was unable to run the ball, and they did not win the turnover battle. Well, and it wasn't Zeke's fault. You know, the play calling wasn't very good. And, you know, like I said, how many screens are you going to try to run? The screens were not working. Oh, and by the way, back to the defense just for a split second. You know, when they get close to the goal line and they run that little play out to the flats, It'd be great if y'all actually beat that up. Because it's funny, when you tried to run that play to get a two-point conversion, they beat they Dallas up and kept, I think it was Cedric Wilson, out of the end zone. They run it on us. Guy walks in with a piece of pizza in his hand because he had time to go down to the local pizza shop, get a slice of pizza, come back, catch the ball with one hand, get the pizza in the other hand, and walk into the end zone. Time after time, y'all leaving the flats open. Let's do something about that, shall we? But Dallas kept trying to run Zeke. I don't mean run him, run him. I mean throw passes into the flats. Like, you knew you couldn't run him, so you figure, okay, let's give him some short passes. And a couple of short passes worked in the middle. Those worked. Those were able to get him some yards. He's a great runner. He's a great runner after he gets, gets a running back. But come on now. How many, if it's not working, stop. And, again, a lot of those plays, I'm wondering why Dak doesn't just pick it up and run. I'm looking at the field, and I'm like, mm, okay, I know you want to throw first, but damn, I see a lot of – and he did run a few times. I think he's going to run a few more. Nothing wrong with Zeke. The play calling is suspect. There's nothing wrong with Zeke. The offense has scored 40 and 31 points in the last two weeks. Dak is playing very well. Through his first interception, 
after 292 consecutive passes go back to last season without an interception. Remember his rookie season where he couldn't throw the ball farther than 20 yards? Well, he goes deep now without a problem. And can we run the pass offense through Amari Cooper, please? I get it. Michael Gallup is the truth. CeeDee Lamb is going to be very good as well. You paid this guy $20 million. He should be your first option. Most of double him up, then that's when Gallup and CeeDee Lamb get their chances. But a lot of times they're not doubling up because they know that Gallup and Lamb are weapons. They know that Schultz is a weapon. They know Zeke out of the backfield is a weapon. You can't double anybody. You go one-on-one. I'm telling you, Cooper's going to win most of those one-on-one battles. He's got everything you need. He's just quiet. He's not braggadocious like T.O. You know, he's not. He's, he's a quiet guy. He's more of the Larry Fitzgerald model, quiet but effective. I'm okay with that. Let's give him a few more targets, okay? Let's do that. Why am I saying be optimistic? Well, it's, it's simple. Look at the schedule. I already talked about the division. Look at the schedule. Three straight home games coming up, okay? That's a great thing. Home, meaning I get up out of my bed and I go to play football. As a guy who used to do a lot of traveling for his job, I would drive places and I would always have the option of getting a hotel or driving home late at night. The, the company would give, leave it up to me and they would say, look, we have no problem if it gets late. We want you to do what's safe. If you need to get a hotel and come back in the morning, that's fine. If you want to just come back at night, that's up to you. But you can use you know, uh, your expense account, and it's an approved expense. And I always appreciate that. The vast majority of the times, you know what I did? Drove my butt home. I may not get home until 10, 11 o'clock, sometimes midnight. But that's what I did because, you know why? Because I was going to get in my own bed, or for me it's mostly the couch, <laughs> and get up out of my own bed or the couch in the morning go to my bathroom and take my shower and go to my coffee maker and make my coffee. And I was home. And, you know, there's, there's a thing about being home and being comfortable because you're home as opposed to traveling to, you know, for some people that don't travel and they go somewhere and get a nice hotel room, it's like, ah, okay, when I'm on vacation, yes, I want a very nice hotel room and I want all the amenities and I enjoy it. But other than that, I like my house. That's why I pay so much for it. I like to be home. It puts me in a good mood. Makes me happy. You don't think these guys feel the same way? Especially guys that live, that aren't just living for the season, but that actually have made roots in the greater Dallas area, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Get home, you get to see your kids, your family. And then Sunday you go, three weeks now? You got three weeks. You're home. So first of all, just that alone gives them something positive to build on. You're getting back. Um, you went to Seattle. You, you got back late last night because they do fly back the same night, in case y'all don't know. Yeah, I know these little things. They don't go to hotel and go see them. Nope. They literally shower, change, whatever. They get on the team bus, and they go to the airport. The flight is booked right after the game, and they come home, and they're, they're home now. They got home last night. And guess what? You get home last night, yeah, you're sad. Man, I can't believe we lost. We tried. Oh, my God, you know. Um, you come in today, and there's probably some, some, you know, some meetings, and you got to go get treatment and all of that, and maybe some, some film you're going to watch. And, you know, I think tomorrow's their day off, if I, if I remember the schedule correctly. But you're home. Even if you're away, even if, you know, 12 hours a day, practicing the art of football and you go home every night and then when the game comes you're still home promise you it matters it matters so three straight home games is one thing right let's look at who they're playing browns come to town one o'clock scared of the browns i mean okay every team has a chance you know every team has a chance to win there's no there's no gimmies in the nfl i get it but are we scared of the Browns? Are we scared of Baker Mayfield? He's not Russell Wilson. He's not even Jared Goff. Definitely ain't Matt Ryan. He's okay. Beckham hasn't, you know, I mean, Beckham when he was with the Giants, other than that one great catch that they play 
to death, like, you know, it was the only great catch in the history of the NFL. We, we whoop up on the Giants regularly when Beckham was there. You know, while I expect it to be a good game and Browns are going to roll over, I, I think I like our chances in this one. I think we're the better team, period. The better team. Next game, Giants. Division game, anything can happen, but seriously. And I know, I, you know, I, I put it out here, and, and y'all can come back and say, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. Giants in two weeks. Again, home, 430 game. I want to be on local TV. And then third game, and hopefully after a two-game win streak and the Cowboys go to three and two, now we've got Arizona coming to town. They're two and one right now to play some good football. That should be a competitive good game. But do you think this is a team? This isn't, this isn't a game that you look at and you say there's no chance of winning. Like going to Seattle, a lot of people are like, yeah, it ain't going to happen. And look what happened. The Cowboys could have won that game. Cut back on the mistakes a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit of the ball bouncing your way other than the D.J. Metcalf play. Cowboys get a win yesterday. You know, they get, they get a win. I mean, they were driving for a tie to score. Tristan Hill goes in there, and they, 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 the, the Seahawks missed the two-point conversion. Tristan Hill with his dumb ass goes in there and uh, helmet to helmet on Russell Wilson. I, and, and if you watch the play, there was no reason for it. It was just dumb. Sometimes things happen inadvertently, and you say, okay, it happened. I'm watching the play. There was no reason for it. Of course, they convert. But imagine if it's 36-31 and Dallas scores. Okay? Imagine if it's 38-37 and Dallas goes for two. Man, probably wouldn't make it. But I'm just saying there was an opportunity. Your team has a chance late in the game to win. That's all you can ask for, if not be in a lead. There was, there was an opportunity against Seattle, a very good team. Am I worried about Arizona? Of course I am. Am I scared? No. Not scared of Arizona. Dallas could go on a three-game win streak, all these home games. It could go on a three-game losing streak. But I'm just looking at the way the team is playing, if they make some changes and pick, you know, some corrections. That's what I'm looking at. Let's go further. I get back on the road. Two straight games on the road. Division games. So they already played the Giants, now they go and they go to Washington. Unless something changes changes drastically, not worried about the Washington football team at all. It'll be a tough division game. It'll be a good battle. But in the end, the better team should win, and that would be Dallas. They go and play the Eagles. Now, Eagles are schizophrenic. You know, they they, they starting off 0-2-1. They could flip a switch and turn it on, and next thing you know, they could get on a roll. But those are always competitive, solid games. I expect the Dallas Cowboys to compete and are we scared of the Eagles? Can we beat the Eagles? Did we not annihilate them uh, one game last year? Yes, we did. Lost the second one. Annihilated them the first one, a game that no one thought the Cowboys would win. A game in Philly, went in there and destroyed them. Now they gave, paid us back, came to Dallas and beat us later in the year. So you, you don't know. But I'm looking at these five games, and I'm like, could the Cowboys go on a roll and win these five games? Yes. Could the Cowboys be five and two? Yes. You better because guess who's coming to town the next week? The Steelers. That game worries me. That's the game that worries me. It worries me because as of today, the Steelers are playing well and the Cowboys are not. As of today, I don't know how we could beat the Steelers today. Five weeks from now, a lot of games and a lot of NFL and a lot of things can happen. You know, Steelers could start going one the other direction. The Cowboys could rise and, and who knows. But if you want to look at that as a potential L, even though it's a home game, you need to stack in some of these wins while you can so you can absorb that potential L. Am I throwing in the towel? Am I conceding anything? Absolutely not. I'm being realistic. You're not going to go 16-0. and Dallas is not going to go 14-2. and They're 1-2 and now. They're not going to run the table and win 15, 15 straight games. I'm sorry, 13 straight games. Not happening, guys. Not happening. So when you look at the schedule, the winnable games you need to win and the games that are tough, you need to be ready to compete and maybe split those or compete well in those, maybe even get a steal a few. Maybe by then you become the dominant team that you can become. Tyron Smith comes back. Awuzie comes back. Brown comes back. Van Der Esch, forgot about him. When he's healthy, he's a beast. He's been having a problem staying healthy lately. 
these guys all come back. And, oh, maybe go pick up this Hall of Fame safety that wants to play, and you put him back there. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe all of a sudden the defense becomes something to be reckoned with, and then the offense just continues to do what it's been doing. And all of a sudden, you become a juggernaut. And all of a sudden, you're, looking at, you're being looked at the same way that the Packers, the Seahawks, maybe the Buccaneers, maybe under Brady. You start getting looked at like some of these teams are, are being looked at in the NFC. Bears yet, even though they're 3-0, and because you got to get that quarterback situation squared away. And let me see what they do there. Um, but they are 3-0, and so, you know, kudos to the Bears. But when I look at the schedule, when I look at the lack of competitiveness of the NFC East, when I look at the fact that the Cowboys, even undermanned and injured with key players like a lot of teams are, I don't see them far away. I don't. Was I happy last night? No. Am I ever happy when the Cowboys lose? No. But they're not far off. Remember, Jason Garrett is gone. There is a new sheriff in town, and his name is Mike McCarthy. And the one thing Mike McCarthy has done is built competitive teams. The Packers under McCarthy were contenders every year. The one thing that he has done is worked with top talented quarterbacks, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. He knows what he's doing. It's only been three games, guys. Three games. The sky is not falling. The Cowboys have a legitimate chance to win that division. Even if they have a rough season and win and lose, win and lose, and, and it becomes another 8-8 eight and eight Jason Garrett-like year, even at 8-8, eight and eight, they can win that division. And once you win the division, you got a chance. Now, again, I don't want to limp into the playoffs. I don't want to go in as that team and, you, you know, you're in, the, you're in, so, the, you know, they've got to talk about you, but it's like, yeah, well. You, you know, and you know only one team's getting a bye, right? So everybody's playing now. They went to seven teams in each, which I don't get, but okay. So, you know, and, and if you're a lowly seed, you're going to play at, the, you know, a three seed or a two seed or whatever you're going to play. It be, could be ugly. Yep, all that's coming. I don't, don't want to be that. I want to be a team that this team, I, you know, gets their stuff together and shows some consistent football. Stop with the mental mistakes. Stop with the poor coverage, the stupid penalties, and let's play the kind of football that I feel very confident the Cowboys are capable of. I really do. I really think that people are going to look back and be like, can you believe that team was one and two? I do believe that we're not far off from making a move and being um, one of the top teams, if, if not just the NFC and the NFL. Starts with the Browns. You may ask me, what do you do, Commissioner T, if uh, the Cowboys lose Sunday against the Browns? Well, then I'll do a show next week and say the sky has fallen <laughs> and we are in trouble. And, you know, at one and three, it does not look good. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be a different philosophy. But right now, this is how I feel. I thought about it a lot. And I wanted to share it with you. So keep up. Don't, don't, don't be sad. You know, don't, don't, uh, you know, it, it's okay. We got a little bit of a rough start, but we can rebound. We can, and we will. And it'll start with the Browns next week. Good old Baker's coming to town with his 27 uh, um, insurance commercials, you know. So let's see what happens. But I, I, feel, I feel good about it. I feel good about the next few games. I really think the Cowboys can go on a nice win streak here. And uh, instead of being one and two, I think in three weeks we'll be talking about a four and two team in first place by a couple of games in NFC East. And I'm about to go on the road and, and, and be very competitive with two division games. I really think the Cowboys in the next five weeks can win. I think they could run off five, but they can definitely do four out of five. If we say that the Arizona game could go either way, I think the other games, you know, I think Dallas can be in the positive in the win-loss column when Pittsburgh comes to town in five weeks. Let's see if the omniscient one self-proclaimed omniscient one knows what he's talking about. Before I get on out of here, um, tomorrow night is the presidential debate. It'll be televised on all the channels. And uh, Chris Wallace, um, who I absolutely love, even though he works for Fox, but he's, 
he's one of the few people at Fox that I would listen to is moderating and I'm looking forward to it. We got some news being reported, of course, because that's what he does when it's something that makes him look bad. Um, he just says it's fake news. And, you know, if somebody called you a liar, right, somebody said something to you and, and they accuse you of something and you said that they're lying, would you just call them a liar or would you prove them wrong, right? I know that you took, you know, I know that you took uh, my car out last night. Well, I couldn't taking your car out last night because I wasn't home. You know why I wasn't home? Because I was with such and such. Here, here's the number. Call them. They'll tell you. They'll confirm my story. So whoever came and took your car out wasn't me. I'm making that all up. I have no idea where that came from. We have been asking for Donald Trump's tax return since before he became president. He has given excuse after excuse. They're being audited. You don't release them while they're being audited. Well, the IRS said we're not going to confirm or deny that he's being audited, but the audit has nothing to do with him releasing his tax returns. He said, well, I've already won. Why do I need to release them now? Well, because every other presidential candidate and or president has released theirs because it becomes our right to see how you manage your, um, your money as president. It becomes our right to make sure that you're not being unduly influenced by getting personal contributions from who the heck knows. It becomes our right when you decide that you're going to run for president, which is why I'm not running for president because I like my business private. Cause if I ran, I know y'all would vote for me. I would win. Then I'd have to put all my financial business out there and I'm not interested in doing that. So thanks for the support, but I'll pass. Although I should have probably ran this year. Huh? Um, when you run for president and you're the leader of the free world and the leader of the United States, you have no secrets. That's part of the job. We get full disclosure. Well, he chose not to disclose. Well, guess what? I don't know the details, but it's been disclosed. Um, New York Times is reporting on it. And here's some of the highlights for you guys. I'm reading this now. Trump paid $750 in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017, none at all in 10 of the previous 15 years. Tax record shows he's personally carrying a total of $421 million in loan and debts that are coming due within four years. Most of the debt comes from the Doral Golf Resort in Florida and Trump's Washington Hotel. Okay? So that's what we found out. He was asked about it. He said it was fake news. You don't believe that, right? You, you do know that that's the truth. So he paid $750 those two years and then 10 out of 15 years. Now, I can tell you, having had to pay taxes and significantly more than that, that I am very pissed off hearing that. I have had to pay significantly more in income taxes than those than that amount. Significantly more. But our president has not had to. Some while he was president and in private previously as a private citizen. And the reason it's an issue, because you know, if he had disclosed his tax returns like anybody else, and then these questions came, I don't know that I would have cared. Maybe I would have, but probably not as much, because I would have been like, well, you know, it is what it is. He shared it with us. We know it now. You know, we get to make our own choice. But it's worse when you tried to hide it, and then when it comes out, you say it's fake news. Okay, so now you're lying about it, like he does so often. I still don't understand. I watched a thing on CNN, and they interviewed six women. All of them voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Three of them regret their vote and will now vote for Joe Biden. Three of them have no problem and are going to vote for Trump. You should Google it because it just was done a few days ago. And it's, it's intriguing when the, to hear the back and forth. And it, it's, it's like, I don't understand, even after hearing these women, like, oh, they talk about COVID. Oh, he's done a phenomenal job. He got over 200,000 deaths. 4% of the world's population, over 20% of the world's deaths. How can you say that that was such a good job? It's not. They asked him about COVID while he's on the campaign trail. He won't answer any questions. He didn't even acknowledge that we hit 200,000 deaths. Doesn't even talk about it. And yet people are voting for this guy. They love this guy. People say, I voted for him four years ago because he wasn't a normal politician. Okay. Got it. What do you think four years later? Watch 60 Minutes last night. 
Learn about that wall and all the bull that's been going on with that wall. What about health care? Did, did you see his town hall? Did you see him being questioned about health care and how he's been on in recent years saying that he had a plan that he would release in a few weeks and it's nothing has come out? And his answer was, well, I have it. And well, where is it? I saw an interview on CNN with his deputy press secretary, and they're like, so where's the health plan when he's ready? The election is in five weeks. He hasn't released it now. Now, now you're saying he hasn't released it. Now you're going to say he'll release it when he's ready? Like, there, I, I could spend hours on this guy, and I'm not going to because it's a sports show. But I will say this. If you're going to vote for Trump, that's your right. I would question why. And if it's just because you don't like Biden, Biden will do far more for this country than Trump ever has. No matter what your race is, no matter what your religion is, no matter what your sex is, and no matter what your uh, political affiliation is. That's right. Even if you're a Republican, Biden will do more for you than Trump will. Believe me. Trust me on that. Like, this guy is a disaster. Not because he's a Republican, because he's just a wicked human being. And I don't get how anybody could vote for him. Watch the debates. And here's what I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. He's going to evade, and he's going to lie. Watch. He'll evade, and he'll lie. And if I'm right, which I will be, vote for Biden. If I'm wrong, vote for Trump. It's that simple. If you're not registered to vote, vote. Please go register to vote. Vote. Make sure your vote counts. Um, with all of the talk on absentee ballots, I'm not trusting them. Not because I think there's a problem with the system. I don't. I think there's a problem with Trump, and he will try to make a problem with the absentee ballot system by what he's been trying to do with the post office and all of that stuff. So I will be there. I talked to my mom last week, and she will be too. Um, we don't vote at the same place, so I'd go with her. But I'll be there. I will stand in line until whatever time it takes. Generally, in my town, um, it's not too bad. So, But I'll be there live because I want to know that my vote counted. And I would suggest everyone do the same thing. If there's any way that you can make it to the live vote poll, go to the in-person poll and vote. Please make sure your voice is heard. If you have to do the absentee ballot, fine. Make sure you follow the directions to a T so there's no reason that your vote doesn't count. We need people to vote. I firmly believe if everyone goes out and exercises their right to vote, there's no way this man gets reelected. No way that he can step up and claim falsified results because I think that the majority of the nation has, has already spoken, and there's no way they want this man back in office for four more years. He has his supporters. I get it. But I think the majority of the country realizes that he is, he is, he is not what we need to lead this country. And it's got nothing to do with his political affiliation, zero at all. If he was Democrat, I'd be saying the same thing, and I'd be voting Republican. If he was Democrat, acting the way he's acted for the last four years, I would be voting Republican. I promise you that. It has nothing to do with his political affiliation. It has everything to do with who he is as a human being and who he's been as president. Watch the debate tomorrow night. You will learn a lot. Chris Wallace is a bad boy. I hope Biden's prepared. Chris Wallace is a bad boy. They're not going to be able to snowball him. He's a perfect choice. He's a Fox News reporter, but he don't take no junk, and he will not let you sit there and not be held accountable. If you lie, he will call you out. Watch him. Go ahead and Google Chris Wallace and watch some of his exchanges. I'm surprised he's still at Fox. He need to come on and get on out of Fox and go to another network. He need, that's what he need to do. Anywho, I've said enough. Um, great game tonight. Great game. Ravens and Chiefs in Baltimore. Great game. I got the Ravens by three. That's my official pick for tonight. But, um, you know, the, obviously the one game you watch every weekend is your team. Whoever your team is, you make sure. But if there was another game that you were going to watch, this would be the one. This should be a phenomenal game. Um, I think the Ravens, you know, they, they, they didn't bring it home last uh, playoffs. Got knocked out by the Chiefs. I think they even a score now. They send a message to the Chiefs way here. This is their night. If they lose, it could be emotionally devastating for this team. I think they're going to win. All right. I want to thank you for allowing me an hour to get some stuff off my chest. 
say a few things about the Cowboys. Hopefully I've given you some reasons to be optimistic. The sky's not falling. The season is young. One week at a time. We got the Browns coming coming to town on Sunday. I feel good about that game. Let's go get that win. Let's get back on, you know, get back to 500. Let's make it happen. So hope my fellows are doing good. Dr. Train, K-Star, JV, hope you guys are doing well. Appreciate everybody joining me. And um, like I say every week, all feuds are settled on the field. Talk to you soon. Bye.